Welcome in to another new AMP podcast. My name is Ben Dubose, news editor with the AMP publications team, where I work for both Codings Pro Magazine and Materials Performance Magazine. On today's podcast, we've got another member profile episode. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome in Jim Kunkel, now the manager of engineering specifications for North America at International Protective Coatings. International, of course, is a brand of Axo Nobel. Jim, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Ben, I'm doing great, and I really appreciate being on the uh, AMP podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time. And usually I would read the bio for our guest, but you know how this goes. You've got plenty of podcasting and webcasting experience. So I'll let you introduce yourself to any of our listeners who don't know Jim Kunkel. Just give us some of your uh, career highlights and now your new position with Axo Nobel. No problem. So I have 15 uh, plus years in the global protective coatings industry. Originally, I started off in powder coatings working in uh, the steel fabrication market. Uh, In 2013, the Society for Protective Coatings, or SSPC as it's known in the industry globally, had approached uh, me to join as a business development manager. And I joined in 2013, uh, worked uh, up into this uh, past March uh, through the merger with uh, NACE International forming uh, AMP and uh, what an exciting time for me to transition from AMP to go to International, which, as you had mentioned, is a brand of Axo Nobel. And in my role with International, I work in the engineering side of the business, and I'm a manager for North American specifications, uh, working on a team and managing a team here in North America. One of the things that's really stood out to me about your career, you've really embraced the digital side. Of course, during your time at AMP, you were very active with podcasts, webcasts, all sorts of various platforms. You're huge on LinkedIn. And that's a space that when I joined six years ago, well, when I joined in 2016, it was NACE, but really the corrosion and protective coating space was not nearly as big a player in the digital space and particularly the podcast and the webcast as a lot of other industries. I had come before joining NACE, I had done independent oil and gas media And I would say that your bigger energy companies in the mid-2010s, they were really making a lot of inroads into that segment. For whatever reason, corrosion and coatings seem to lag behind. And you've been something of a trailblazer to really sort of push the ball forward in terms of getting people around the industry to see the value that those types of uh, digital communications can have. So I guess my question to you, where did that emphasis start and why did you see the value in it a lot sooner than maybe some others in the industry did? Well, it's not my full-time focus working in the protective coatings industry. What I've come over the years to acquire is an appreciation for digital methodologies in order to not only uh, share knowledge and best practices, but also when it comes to business improvements, efficiencies, and also Mm -hmm really stressing the message out there. You know, we work, both you and I work in an industry, in let's say two industries, you have the corrosion side, you have the protective coating side, and we're in this global battle against corrosion and trying to protect infrastructure. And when I started to think about the future of the industry was that, you know, we think more in global terms, earth-based terms. And as we move into the future, we're gonna see major issues when it comes to protecting assets, not only here on earth, but as we move out into the universe. So I started to say, as an industry, both corrosion and coatings, 
we really need to embrace this digital transformation. And we started to see elements of it kind of push into both industries with the onset of the COVID lockdowns. Yeah, and I think that's what felt to me like a turning point. Certainly within our publications team at AMP, we really embraced for both Codings Pro and MP these podcasts in 2020 because, of course, very abruptly, we had these in-person meetings go from all out. I remember going to World of Concrete early that year, and then all of a sudden, to zero basically overnight. And so the podcast and the webcast were a way to still stay engaged with people and have some type of personal connection. And so I think, you know, certainly for a one-on-one level, that's always been there with phone calls and video calls, but it can really play a much broader role when we're talking about uh, the industry at large and letting people listen in, perhaps ask their own questions and provide more of a forum than just a conversation. And I I think you're right that COVID has clearly accelerated that trend because it really forced a lot of companies to look at things differently than they had before. I guess, is it your sense that COVID just sort of expedited the timetable that it's not that a lot of companies didn't do these things before, it's just it pushed us forward Whereas it, if it was normal times, it might have taken five to 10 years to embrace some of these technologies. With COVID, we all did it in a few months, right? That you're absolutely correct about that. It was a trial by fire. A lot of companies, you know, in me working in business development, working with a lot of different companies and entities, both contractors, manufacturers, other organizations, other trade groups, you know, they were prepared as best they thought they were. And then all of a sudden this got thrown in there. And earlier, you know, you're talking about the importance of podcasting and webcasting. You know, that is part of the digital transformation that has happened and is really starting to really uh, grassroots grow even more and more. When we think of digital transformation, we really have to think of the adoption and the integration of digital technologies, Mm -hmm. not only for companies, but on the educational side, medical organizations. And it's all is focusing towards improving efficiencies, best practices, processes, and importantly, the customer and the client or the user experience. And that's what's so important about this digital transformation that is happening in corrosion and protective coatings industries, but it still is a long ways off. And that's kind of why I wanted to stress on this podcast, and and I also do bring that up in, in my broadcast that I do as well, that as an industry, we have to embrace these future trends and changes because if we don't, we can fall behind as an industry and we might not be totally prepared for what the future has open for us. And as I had mentioned earlier, you know, we think of a lot of things, earth-based uh, opportunities in the future for the coatings and corrosion industry. We have to really think of universal <laughs> and think of the universe of opportunities mm. that are laid in front of us. So that's why I think now is the time to talk about digital transformation, uh, embrace what we have currently right now, and then look at what are ways that we can improve, share knowledge, collaborate, and then also to lead lead the industry, but also to lead the world when it comes to the future in combating corrosion and also trying to protect and preserve the assets of the infrastructure that we rely on every single day. And just to illustrate your point, when you talk about, for example, education, and of course, the fact that these 
this digital transformation extends well beyond just podcast and webcast. I mentioned that example just strictly because that's what I deal with every day in my role with AMP publications. But yeah, for the industry at large, um, when we talk about education, for example, it could be taking a class that's been in person and that's required someone to travel into a formal classroom setting and it can be as simple as making that available for someone to take virtually behind their computer screen, right? Is that an example of what you're talking about? That's a perfect example. And when you think of, you know, gamification when it comes to, you know, maybe you're teaching uh, an abrasive blaster or a coding applicator, you've seen these VR, these virtual trainers and the virtual training units that can really help them refine technique and skill so that when they actually go on the equipment, go on the tools, and they're actually using paint or abrasives, which costs money, this way they can be as efficient and proficient as they can be so that when they actually go to show their skills in a real life situation, a work or project situation, that they can be best prepared for it. You know, another area too that we have to think about, we're currently in a crisis right now when it comes to manpower, when it comes to skilled labor, and other uh, different types of uh, positions within corrosion in the coatings industry. Think of digital transformation too when it comes to automation of manufacturing, um, also distribution when it comes to the production. So a contractor, for example, you're going to see a time where you're going to have people who will be operating robotic blasting units or surface for surface preparation or cleaning, you know, for water jetting and things like that, or paint application. Um, inspection, we already see that now with the, the different types of digital inspection that can be done. The move away from the paper to the real-time digital, which, listen, you and I, we talk to owners every day. They want real-time information. They don't want to wait for reports to be written and then sent in. That still goes on today. And those are things that we as an industry have to be able to address in corrosion and coatings and be able to really deliver what does the customer want, what does the client want. And they really want instantaneous information and have a good understanding of how projects are unfolding. Or when it comes to the skill level of a, a craft worker, you know, how proficient are they um, both in their knowledge experience? And then when it comes down to utilizing the different tools that we see now when it comes to VR or other types of um, automation that really can help, uh, help uh, attract people into our industry but also to really kind of make it fun mm -hmm. and then show too, when it comes to the practical side, that's where they have the greatest opportunity to make, um, make a good living and uh, really make a big impact on our infrastructure. So now that we're in late 2022 and headed towards 2023, most of the industry is, I don't want to say exactly back to the way things were in 2019, but closer to a normal environment. From the perspective of shows, for example, we had our first AMP annual conference this year. I mentioned World of Concrete earlier, getting that in uh, just before everything went south in 2020. That came back in late, well, in the scaled down version in late 2021, and then the first full version in 2022, back to normal. And really, it's been a very, uh, I don't Normal might be exaggerating a bit, but it's been a relatively normal year for a lot of companies in the industry in terms of travel, in-person gatherings, and so on and so forth. What is the balance going forward with getting back to some form of in-person normalcy with retaining and perhaps adding on to 
the changes that we've seen the last two years, this digital transformation that you called it. Basically, what trends of those are temporary and which are going to be and should be more permanent? So let's talk about, let's go back to 2020. In late 2020, McKinsey and company did a, a survey. And in their survey, they went through major industrial companies and they asked a lot of different questions. And really where the findings kind of focused on were the accelerated remote working, how easy or how challenging or what was the ultimate outcome when everyone had to go from nobody in an office or critical people in an office to remote working. The second area they focused on is customer service you know, how customers were being serviced, how clients were being serviced. And then when it came to virtual meetings, what they really found was that the majority of companies were well positioned with technology and the ability to do remote working. The challenge that they had was how do we go back to the office? And what we find today is it's it's a balance right now. It's mm -hmm. a blend. You both have people that go in the office and have remote workers. Myself in my current role, everyone on my team, we're all remote workers. Now, that gives us the flexibility to go anywhere, be anywhere, but it also gives us the ability to really um, use the digital technologies that are available to us to help in business development, specification sellings, no matter what it is. Uh, the other thing, too, was when it comes to customer service, we really had to find a way to balance out having people working remotely because when you think of customer service, you've always had call centers or you always had locations that would handle customer or client services. Now everyone is remote, so you don't have everybody in the, the same room to be able to pull them together for a, a huddle or a conversation. Mm -hmm. So the technologies, luckily, we were pretty well um, positioned that way. We've seen the rise of Zoom and digital meetings. Um, you know, Ben, you know, and, and you yourself, we were always in the field, we were on the road, we travel globally, no matter where we need to go for an opportunity or to promote uh, our, our business, um, we did that. Grip and grin, uh, going to conferences and things like that. And we went to everything being virtual, um, everything meeting-wise and conferences and other type of um, uh, even things such as uh, committee meetings and things like that. So now we also find that those are blended out as well. But there were four areas now when we think of where we're at right now, there's four areas that I see in our industry that are really being addressed. The first one is process transformation. Mm. Earlier, we talked about how we came out post-pandemic and we had the great resignation. There were a lot of, and we still see it, there, the job market is still wide open, even though we've seen recessionary pricing hit us. We have shortages of raw materials and other types of um, supplies. And what we found was that now all of a sudden we have this gap of careers uh, when it comes to qualified people in, in different career positions. So now businesses have to look at digital technologies to be able to offset. So you see a lot of the chat bots. I call it a chat bot, although they're different now. They're a little bit more intelligent. Um, we also see a lot of the um, process automation when it comes to being able to get the customer's information, you know, their billing, their uh, credit lines, all these different things when it comes to really getting instantaneous information. A lot of it they can actually do on their own as well. Um, business model transformation is the second area that I've seen. And we're starting to see it with the hybrid aspect. You typically now you have salespeople, or let's say in my role as a specification person, you know, I'm traveling and I'm working remote from my home when it comes to using um, Teams 
and other types of platforms to be able to deliver information, uh, do meetings, um, be able to you know close opportunities and things like that. Uh, the third area is the domain transformation. And what I mean by domain transformation is as we grow as an industry, and AMP is a good example of this, with the merger of SSPC and NACE International, we have all this knowledge, best practices, training, certifications. And what is some of the things that we can do with that? Well, some of that can be put together in different types of products and other types of services and sold out. So now you see companies that will transform themselves. They won't just be specifically a paint manufacturer or maybe even a contractor. Maybe they do different types of new services now that are digital, asset tracking, and all these other types of things. So that is a huge opportunity when it comes to the digital transformation. And then the last thing that I'll, I'll mention here as a, a area of digital transformation is business culture transformation. We've seen it. Now that we're not working out of an office where everybody comes together in an office, we've got people working remote and some working in offices, that impacts the business culture. And so now we have to reinvent ourselves when it comes to businesses, organizations to be able to deal with the cultural change that was hoisted on us here in 2020. You're in a unique spot with having background both on the company level, your current role with Axo Nobel International, and of course you've recently worked with Ant. You're also very big on social media, particularly LinkedIn. So you engage with people from a broad spectrum of the industries we cover quite a bit. And I'm sure you do come across people from time to time from companies that are lagging behind some of these trends. Do you have any advice for a person or a company, a group, whatever it may be, that isn't where a lot of us are in 2022 with these technologies? Where is a good place to start if someone listening feels like that they or their company are a little bit behind these trends? Great question. Start immediately now. Now is the time to start this. And you really want to look at doing an assessment on your organization. It doesn't matter if you're a contractor you have a lot of competition that you're up against. If you're more of that old school analog type of company and you don't have a lot of digital inter integration or automation, start doing some research because your competitors are already on that path of adding in digital transformation technologies, automation, all those different things that can help make them more efficient, more effective, and it does add to their profitability as well. So it's majorly important for companies to start to look at that. The same thing on my side as a manufacturer. We have to embrace these changes. We have to look at these new technologies. Trade associations. You see uh, the opportunity that existed between SSPC and ACE International was to create AMP, which is a much larger and broader and diverse association now. That mm -hmm. gives a great opportunity globally for AMP to really dominate in the in our hemisphere, but also branch out into other things as well as the organization grows. So what I say is start budgeting, research it, and start investing in these digital transformation technologies. You know, um, you know, I know a, a contractor that acquired robotic, uh, basically water cleaning uh, for water jetting to clean towers, and they're using robotics for that. And you know, they're doing very well, profitability. Does it take a job away from somebody? No, they're still an operator, but guess what? Instead of having people do it, 
um, now they can actually take their work crews, which most of the contractors are sometimes struggling finding full work crews. Now they can appropriate the right work crews with the skill level that needs to be instead of having somebody go in and cleaning uh, water towers and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, the same thing when it comes to the inspection technologies, when we think of the digital inspection ways of, of cataloging and collecting and disseminating and also really making informed quality assurance and even some cases quality control decisions when it comes to inspection of coatings. Even in the corrosion side, when you're doing corrosion assessments, there's technology out there, digital technology. Again, efficiencies, effectiveness, profitability. So if you're going to think of anything, look at digital transformation as an investment towards profitability and also being able to be adaptable in business situations where you have a shortage of, of work force or maybe there's an impact such as another COVID situation. I mentioned earlier you being on both sides of the fence here in regards to AMP as an association and now with Axel Nobel International. What are the ways that associations and industry companies can potentially work together on this? You know, it can be as simple as learning opportunities like podcast and webcast. It can be certainly education, training. What are the ways that industry uh, companies and industry associations should work together here? Yeah, I really, I view myself as a bridge person because I came from, and what I mean by bridge is not bridge, actually like a, like a drive across, but a bridge mm -hmm. right. person who worked for the trade associations and then also now works in industry. So what I view myself as somebody who can champion and also really lean on an org. I'm now a member of AMP, obviously, uh, coming out of for being a staff member of AMP. As a member of AMP, what I can see is a future where the global protective coatings and the corrosion industry, mm -hmm. well, it's still wide open. There's still an undiscovered future for both, uh, both industries. But when it comes to working together, it's a great opportunity for industry, individuals, professionals, educators, students. It doesn't matter who you are or what function you perform. It's a great opportunity for collaboration. And so I see AMP as that opportunity to really kind of pull together industries. Listen, um, you know, other coding manufacturers are my comp competition. Um, am I going to collaborate very closely with my competition? I will work with them, but again, I can only go so far, right? Where AMP really provides that opportunity, it's that, it's that middle ground for everybody to kind of come together and to be able to work through the association. Mm -hmm. So the opportunities are, are, are huge in looking at the industry. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're not only talking about a future here on the earth. Um, you know, I was looking back and if you remember, I used to do two minute lessons in coatings and corrosion that I would put on my YouTube channel. And one I did was coatings for space. And I was amazed when I did the research on that of what type of coating systems and what other types of ways to protect and preserve those assets are being utilized. And I was like, wow, this is a huge opportunity as we go, you know, in 10 years from now, we're probably going to be back on the moon and we're going to be looking from the moon to Mars. And then we'll look at from Mars to the uh, asteroid belt because guess what's there? Minerals, a lot of great wealth built up in there, a great opportunity for future mankind to improve our condition and also um, address a lot of the um, growth opportunities we're going to have through our infrastructure and everything like that. So, you know, when I started thinking about uh, AMP as an association, 
it's a forward-looking uh, association. Uh, it's a great opportunity, to, like I say, to bridge everybody together. I'm glad you mentioned your YouTube channel, by the way. I referenced your LinkedIn a couple of times, but yes, your YouTube is very active as well and definitely a huge resource for people in the industry. As a quick follow-up to that, why have you taken such a personal interest in this? I, I understand to an extent when you were with AMP, an industry body, but now in your current role with AXO, of course, it would be there would be an incentive on some level, you know, certainly to bring these technologies and this awareness, not that they didn't have it already, but to look at it strictly through a company lens and what's going to benefit AXO, whereas you still have an interest. It's pretty clear when we look at what you're doing online that you want other people to learn these things in the industry, regardless of the company. Why is this such a interest of, um, why is this so personal for you, I guess, is the way I would phrase it. Yeah, when I really, you know, a couple things come to mind, you know, the, the rising tide lifts all boats. Yep. This industry is only going to become even bigger and more, you know, more impactful if we all work together. And, you know, nobody and probably most people listening to this podcast right now, when they look at corrosion and coatings, they didn't grow up as a kid saying, ah, I'm going to work in corrosion. Or I'm going to work in protective right. coatings. We all fall into this. And the thing is, when I fell into this, you know, 15 years ago, you fall in love with what you do and you're very passionate with what you do. And, uh, you know, I, I view as an opportunity to give back. And the other thing is, Ben, you know, people reach out when I put content out there, I have so many people and some are international people. You know, I've had, a contractor in the mount working in the mountains of Pakistan reached out to me saying, "Listen, um, you had done an episode regarding you know PSI drop at altitude, and you know I've never done work in the mountains of Pakistan, and because of your you know your program you did, I learned something and was able to address a problem that the crew was having. And that really that makes you feel great when you have people reaching out to you and they find value, they see value, and they appreciate the value and the content." the knowledge and information. And it's not my knowledge. I'm, I'm the person who's interviewing people. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what really has been a big driver for me for my current role with Ax, you know, international AXO Nobel, you know, there's a lot of things that, uh, that we're doing. And like I say, there's a lot of things that other uh, manufacturers are doing and other um, service providers are doing out there. Uh, and it's, it's great to see that happening. And so, that's kind of where I I kind of focus on is that that that's going to lift the you know the rising tide it's going to lift all the boats and it's really going to help our industry mm -hmm. and we really want to have our industry to be exciting and interesting so that we can get the next generation because that's another challenge that we're having right now is For trying sure. to trying to find because right now it's pretty much um, we everybody get, gets appointed as the new coatings person or the corrosion person versus um, they go through, like we've seen with the University of Akron and, and other schools that do have corrosion programs, we really need to start to see that groundswell grow and, and develop and, mm -hmm. and really um, give to our industry as much as we want to give back to them. So, The last topic that I wanted to broach was about the next five to 10 years. I don't really want to go beyond 10 years because <laughs> once you get more than a decade out, I mean, the possibilities are literally limitless when we're talking about what the technology landscape might look like at that point. I think five to 10 years is more reasonable because we have a good understanding of certainly what's available now, but also some of the things that are in development and could conceivably uh, grow in use and adoption 
over the coming decade. So I, I guess a two part question on that front. First, in general, um, what does the next five to 10 years look like in terms of the digital space for the coatings industry? Is there anything uh, technology wise in particular that you expect to grow in popularity? And then the second part of it, what is going to change the most based on this digital transformation? Is it, for example, you referenced the the labor shortage that we're all aware of and the projections for the need, the shortfall that's going to be out there, especially once we get into, again, the five to 10 year range. Number one, from the technology side, what is coming down the pike? What are you most excited about? And then secondly, just in terms of uh, demand or utility for the industry, what do you see as potentially the biggest beneficiary from this digital transformation? Uh, another excellent question. So to kind of go back and, and just say that where I'm seeing a lot of the current focus and effort going on are those four main areas of digital transformation that I, I talked about. I do see that intensifying and accelerating and really growing in the right direction. I feel comfortable to say that right now. So where I do see some of the changes happening in the next five and 10 years is related to digital enterprise. Now, have you ever heard the term industrial internet of things? Yep. Okay, perfect. So, you know, with that is you're talking, we're talking about that industrial automation and it's going to offset the shortage when it comes to the skilled workforce, but also too, it's going to embrace and incorporate AI. The rise of AI is a good thing. I know everyone goes back and thinks of the Terminator movies and things like that, but AI is going to be a huge benefit in the next five and 10 years when it comes to being able to automate a lot of things. Again, not trying to eliminate jobs for humans. And industries, if you go back 100 years ago, when we were 100 plus years ago, and we were going from the horse and buggy to the automotive, changes happen, technologies happen. We're seeing it in, in codings. Codings are more sophisticated and they're changing if not every couple years, that's going to accelerate. And you can see advances, ballistic coatings, self-healing coatings. You're going to start seeing some very year, very unique things that are going on in the industry. And the same thing goes on for, for corrosion protection as well. So what we have to, what I really see happening is a new future that kind of combines the human aspect of our industries with automation and AI and it really focuses on the improvement of efficiencies, effectiveness, and, and also to profitability. Now, when it comes to specific aspects of our industry, we're, we've already experienced it and we're seeing more of it is the digital inspection. Mm. Now you see drones being used to some extent for inspection. You'll start to see some AI and some um, automation go on when it comes to inspection as well. And that's a good thing. And it makes it so much more beneficial for the owner because now they can have even a wider amount of testing and data, and that helps them plan their assets for the future and also kind of budget out and also look at capital expenditures and things like that. And it makes that corrosion engineer or that coatings person more valuable in a company than the CEO or the president or whoever it might be. The other area is when it comes to robotic surface preparation and robotic painting. 
we're at that crisis right now with skilled work crews. Right. That gives us the ability to utilize the AI, the robotic stuff, and the human and mix it together. And it really kind of helps free up the human element. You know, the thing I always view with technology, uh, I'm 56 years old. I remember a time before computers and before a lot of the different type of devices we have. And what I've really come to appreciate is it's actually made my life um, a lot easier and it's given me a lot more opportunity to really reach a larger number of people when it comes to some of the platforms you talked about, social media, YouTube, and things like that. But I also recognize, too, with the younger generation, they can rely too much on technology. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a, a balance that we're going to have to figure out and be able to overcome. And I, we will. We always do as humans. As we wrap up here with Jim Kunkel of Axo Nobel International, Jim, any uh, last words for our audience, for anyone listening that may have further questions or want more resources? What's the way that they can get in touch or learn more from you? So the best way really to get in touch with me is to to follow me on LinkedIn. Um, you could reach out to me uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, the other thing, too, is I do have a YouTube channel that's under uh, Jim Kunkel, and um, I do a weekly live broadcast on Wednesdays at noon Eastern on uh, LinkedIn, my YouTube channel, and also Facebook. Um, Typically there, I'm talking about business topics, and occasionally we do cover things such as digital transformation, and occasionally I do dabble into the coatings and corrosion industry, Um, but most of the times it's just uh, focused primarily on business topics. But I have a whole catalog of uh, what I call global topic, which dealt with corrosion and protective coatings industry um, uh, interviews and also lessons and other types of content that I did as well. Excellent. Thank you so much for all the info today. I think our audience is really going to benefit from that. For us at AMP, if you want more resources on our end, check out the website ampp.org, amp.org, and also our publication websites. Obviously, I'm going to tease to them, materialsperformance.com and coatingspromag.com. That's where you can get more information from us covering the protective coatings and corrosion control industries. With that, I will sign off. For Jim Kunkel, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening, and please come back soon for another new AMP podcast.